0: About a month ago on this show, I broached the subject of this offense focusing more on the run as a way to kind of ease into the pass, but I kind of cut it short, and I had a good reason at the time, and I'm not so sure that reason applies anymore. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovachowicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Najee Harris could use some help. And when I brought this up a month ago, all I talked about was offensive line because it's impossible to dream even of a good running game without at least a competent NFL offensive line. And if you recall, a lot of the discussion and debate around this time in 2021 was centered on the wisdom inherent in investing a first-round pick on a running back when you had a pretty good idea that you weren't going to have a line to block for him. The Steelers believed in Najee. The Steelers went out of their way to make it known. They believed in Najee, and then they drafted him, and then they put him out there for a million touches, the overwhelming majority of which proved to be robustly unsuccessful. Why? Well, he wasn't without his flaws. Ended up going to the Pro Bowl, but he didn't have anywhere near what you'd need up front. So even though what I'd intended to do with that episode a month ago was to get into whether or not there should be another running back of some repute, sharing or splitting the backfield duties with him, I, I just backed off because it was just... There were still nobody to block for him. Well, ever since then, what do you know? The Steelers put forth a zillion dollars, not only in keeping of for, but also in adding James Daniels, in adding Mason Cope, and in putting the rest of their guys, the, the holdovers, the younger guys, at least into positions where they have to compete and earn jobs, unlike the ones that were just kind of bequeathed to them in 2021. So it's way too soon to say that the offensive line is going to be good. I mean, way too soon. But it is absolutely okay, I think, to project right now that it won't be a complete catastrophe, you know? These guys, the newcomers in particular, have been there and done that, even though they're kind of on the youngish side themselves. Now, add on to that that whoever it is that you have at quarterback, but presumptively at the moment that's Ms. Trubisky, is going to be more mobile than Ben Roethlisberger, if only because everyone was more mobile than a 38-year-old version of Ben. And within that, you should be able to more creatively run what's supposed to be the Matt Canada offense. No, I'm not letting Matt Canada off the hook either. I'd have to see his creativity in action to believe that it exists. However, giving the benefit of the doubt and knowing that all along his offense works better, as most do with a more mobile quarterback, let's say that that option will also be there to take some of the heat and some of the eyeballs off of Najee in clear running situations. Now, now let's talk about that potential partner in the backfield. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying Whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Among the top running back prospects in this coming draft are Florida's Damian Pierce, Michigan State's Kenneth Walker, who I really like, Iowa State's Brees Hall, Texas A&M's, Isaiah Spiller, Georges, James Cook. There are a bunch of others. I don't mean to leave anybody out. Running backs are not the easiest players to gauge in an NFL draft. I am not wild about the idea of the Steelers using a draft pick on one, but I thought I'd throw out these names anyway. The reason I'm not wild, I'm guessing might be similar to your own sentiment when you first just flash to mind and think of Steelers and drafting a running back is okay if it's in the first round, which almost nobody does with running backs anymore. I'm on board with it. Second round, I'll listen. That's when Le'Veon Bell was taken. Third round, you're talking about Benny Snell. Fourth round, you're talking about Anthony McFarland. And we've seen what's happened to both of those guys for different reasons. And that doesn't Interest me at all, which isn't to say that another team or another set of scouts or even the Steelers picking better couldn't find real help at the position in those rounds. It's just to say there are other positions on both sides of the ball that I'd much rather see the team address uh, from a more future looking standpoint. I'm thinking of those slots for, you know, defensive line. Uh, inside linebacker, into perpetuity, cornerback. Let's see real depth form at those positions. Heck, I could even throw in wide receiver because the depth at that position, year after year after year, is so extraordinary that you can go at guys in those rounds and not really be reaching. You know, Let's not forget where Martavis Bryant was selected. Or, for that matter, Antonio Brown, if you want to go to the extremes. But I'll also admit to thinking about the Steelers' backfield from a similar perspective to the one they have in Cleveland. At least when Kareem Hunt was healthy, between him and Nick Chubb, there just really wasn't any stopping those guys except for the occasional stupidity on the Cleveland sideline, meaning they wouldn't get utilized enough and they would be naive enough to think that this was going to be the day that Baker Mayfield just figured it all out. But for the most part, when Cleveland had both guys, they could just boom, 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 boom their way down the field. And that's a pretty neat thing. That's a heck of a weapon to have. And it's one that can cover up a whole lot of other warts. So when we talk about how much cap space the Steelers have left. When we agonize over Tyran Matthews still being out there, the fact that this team still needs another safety, I think, anyway, next to Minka Fitzpatrick. And we think about how much money they have left and uh, what they might spend it on. You know, running backs are almost always among the last to sign. And there are free agent running backs. There are running backs that you could acquire via trade if you aren't happy with what's on the open market. But the idea of going and getting one, the idea of uh, infusing someone in the spirit of D'Angelo Williams, the way D. Will came in and provided the Steelers with such a beautiful counterbalance to the style and pace that Bell brought, they, between the two of them, I don't want to say unstoppable, that sounds excessively dramatic, but they were really, really good together. And for the most part, opposing defenses couldn't stop them. And that gave the rest of the Steelers' offense, Ben and A.B. and everything else, all kinds of additional space with which to operate. I'm okay with that concept. In Pittsburgh, in 2022, I'm just not... I'd just feel a whole lot better about it from the draft standpoint if we weren't still looking at Snell and McFarland here. When we come back, just one question. in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from John Reap who asks, I know Joe Hayden says he would not switch to safety, but doesn't it make a little bit of sense for him to take on that transition? He could sign on a longer deal and finish his career in Pittsburgh, too, right? Well, Yeah, John, he he could. And every corner, uh, including the best of the best, end up facing that question sooner than they'd like in their NFL careers. The glaring example, uh, probably forever in Pittsburgh, will be that of Rod Woodson. Uh, Woodson is a guy who out-athleted everybody on any field that he was on early in his career. And he wasn't any happier than anybody else once it became clear that he'd benefit from a move to the safety position. That didn't happen in Pittsburgh. Of course, it happened in Baltimore. But he ended up being a really, really good safety, which shouldn't surprise anybody, given not only his physical skills, but how uh, over-the-top intelligent he was as a football player. So the first response that I'd have to your question is that, of course, Joe Hayden would say exactly what he said. And I do remember that regarding moving to safety. He sees himself as a corner. He's been a very successful at corner. And for that matter, he's coming off a season where he played pretty well at corner. No one, uh, especially again among these elite athletes, sees the cliff coming. You know, It's kind of hard to process. You're out there actually doing it, but somebody's telling you, hey, you know what? Your age has hit a certain number, and you're just not going to be able to do it next season, and you're sitting there going, what are you talking about? I just did it right in front of you. There's some pride that's involved, and those elite athletes, of course, have a lot of that because that's how they got to be so elite. Joe, I think – is going to put himself in a position where he can try to get a job at corner. Uh, Those pay more. There's no reason for him to move himself before he actually needs to be moved. But as you and I are exchanging thoughts on this, the cold fact from Joe's perspective is that he's still sitting there unsigned. Not just unsigned by the Steelers. Unsigned by anybody. Now, for all I know, he's sitting on a mountain of offers, you know, sipping a martini, trying to figure out which he'll take. But that's usually not how NFL free agency goes. If you're still there now, you might still be there for a while. And maybe it's something that Joe would at least have to be open to in a discussion that he has with a prospective team that's interested in signing him. Look at it this way. Joe wanted and made it very clear to all of us going into last season that he wanted a long-term deal with Pittsburgh. He didn't attach any asterisks or apologies to that. He wanted to be that player, the starting corner for the Steelers for however many years he signed that contract for. Well, that dialogue never even got off the ground. That was not something that Kevin Colbert or Mike Tomlin entertained for a split second by all accounts. And here we are a year later, he's going to have to be open to it. Because if you're putting in uh, into print as a football team a contract for a 30-plus-year-old cornerback that's longer than a year or two, and you don't think they can make another adjustment for you on the field if it's needed, then you're out of your mind. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Bailey Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow.